generate is supporting my vision to improve the financial literacy of 100,000 Kiwis by sponsoring Keep the Change. Cheers, Generate. Head to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to find out more. Getting in the KiwiSaver fund that suits you and your situation is key to making sure you're maximising your investment. Generate are an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of long-term performance and they can help you do exactly this. Their advisors can meet with you to talk about all your options when it comes to KiwiSaver to help you decide what's best for you. Too many people never get KiwiSaver advice, but not you. Go to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to book a no-obligation chat with a Generate advisor. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited. And of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. You're listening to another episode of KeepTheChange.co.nz's podcast. Mikey's in the studio post the flood. You're nice and dry, mate. It's good to see. <laughs> Took me a while to dry off, though. <laughs> we left here Friday, and it was pissing down with rain out there, and I pulled up an article and said, mate, I think there's flooding out there. Yeah. And we were pretty uh, naive to it and didn't really know what was going on, but fast forward 72 hours, would it be? 24, 48, less than 48 hours. Yeah. Probably only really even, yeah, less than 48 hours, and you know why it happened. So that's interesting. You're going to explain that to us. Well, yeah, I've become a climate scientist since then. <laughs> that's your one, one thing you're going to learn for the year. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll dig into that. And then also some other things have happened financially. Now, just before we get too deep into this, um, please do not take it that we are looking at what's happened and kind of just going, oh, you know, we're ignoring that people died and different things like that. Yeah. Um, because obviously that is horrible and, and well documented and... We don't want to be disrespectful to those people and people that have been hurt through this flood, which there'll be thousands of people. But we just want to cover some of the things that aren't being spoken about yet. But by the time this goes out, perhaps they will be. But it's just a, a flow-on effect of a disaster like this. And one of those is the economic activity. And Mikey's got a good example of someone he's just met with. Mm. And I've got a good example from someone earlier in the week as well who will be very, very busy mm. on the other side of this. So from I was just telling Mikey myself that we were speaking with a potential client earlier in the week and they work for insurance companies and they'll help do the repairs for businesses and whatnot. Sorry, for uh, just everyday people. If something goes wrong at their home and he said basically all it takes is one natural disaster or one flood or, or something like that. One Limited work. Yeah, and I'm just inundated and I won't be able to keep up yeah. and I won't be big enough, my team won't be big enough, etc. And fast forward four days, three days later mm. and I just checked in and said, how are you going? He's like, we're going to be very, very busy. Mm. And he said, and I'd started to think about this because post the Christchurch earthquake, I can't remember how much that cost to try and fix and it's still ongoing, but that money has to come from somewhere, right? Correct. And then it flows into that era of the economy and that's a sub-economy of the overall economy. Mm. And he said to me, there'll be a lot of work 
that needs to be done, paid for by insurance, and that insurance money will come from Lloyd's, which is an external, not a New Zealand business effectively, so that's offshore cash that will make its way into New Zealand, into Auckland, and be spent. Into to, our economy. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we spent the premiums to allow us to make the claim. Yeah. But yeah, basically it's going to be a mass, maybe a billion or $2 billion worth of you know money that's going to flow into tradesmen and you know, we, all sorts of stuff. New cars, like cars are written off, um, people have lost their pets, like houses are, are ruined, you know, like all of this stuff. And yeah, not to take away from any of the bad things that are happening, but like you can see if you look at it through a different lens that there's a massive opportunity there for like economic like funds they they're coming in, you know. Yeah. Um and I had a similar situation, you know, I had a got a meeting with a young guy who's a carpet layer out in West Auckland. And I was like, Well, there's your next two years covered because, you know, they hit pretty pretty hard. So it's basically just accelerated his growth. And it it doesn't like life's not fair. No. Like some it's hurt some people and damaged some people's lives and it will be painful for a while. But other people will benefit as well. And like a carpet layer is a great example because, you know, there's thousands of homes now that need new carpet. Yeah. because um, it's ruined and it's muddy and it you know, you can't can't dry it. So, you know, it's it's interesting when these things do happen. Um, how it can create GDP. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and that's just a fact. It's it's just how it is. Yeah. Um, and no, no money is easy to spend than other people's money. So when mm. you're making an insurance claim, oh. you can you can you're quite a lot happier to be start pulling the trigger on work and just paying the bill, whatever the bill is, when it's not coming out of your bank account. So yeah. it, the velocity of money starts flowing pretty quick too. You know. Yeah. Um, and insurance companies will... I've actually been really surprised how good the big corporations have acted on this, eh? I've seen, like, I got... I'm insured with Tower, and Tower messaged me, like, on the night as I was driving home from your place, being like, oh, if you're in the floods or whatever, just make sure you can, you can jump on this website here and make your claim, and I was like, Jesus, sure. what's happening? I'm not yeah. even home yet. <laughs> <laughs> you're just dropping um, me off. Wow. But yeah, it's 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 interesting, eh? And I think one way to look at it is and with any disaster is you know, it's kind of like what Warren Buffett says is like I buy good companies and if they go down in value I buy more of them. You know, like when the tide goes out it's just an opportunity. Yeah. And you know, when there's blood on the streets sort of thing. And if you can I mean, you have to be sympathetic and empathetic towards the people who have been hurt, but in terms of economic benefit for yourself, there's opportunity that comes out of everything, right? Yeah. And you could be a tradie in Auckland, or even you might be in the Waikato, and you might be thinking things are going to be a little bit quieter for you. You might want to be going, hmm, do I need to spend a little bit of time up there? You know, maybe doing a little bit of work in in that region. Or it could even be you're looking for a side hustle or a bit of extra income. How can you insert yourself to help? Yeah, as far as I'm aware, in Auckland, before this happened, tradesmen were pretty tapped. So now there's a whole lot of extra work on top of them already being stretched. So if you're around the country and you think that you want to start up and move to Auckland, like there's no better time than in the middle of a disaster with unlimited work, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So just viewing things like that, I think's 
quite helpful sometimes. Yeah. Well, people are still going to need the help. So, you know, people are, if they want their house fixed or they want their carpet laid, they're going to... Might as well be you that does it. Mm, they're yeah. going to need someone to do it. Yeah, exactly. You're literally, you're not taking advantage of the situation. You're basically, you're adding your skill set and getting rewarded for what it is that you've trained to be good at doing. Like, I can't go out there and lay someone's carpet. No, neither. Because, yeah, well, I won't even get into why I couldn't. <laughs> you could probably guess for yourself, people. Have you seen these hands um, and the skill set? But, yeah, there'll, there'll be a flow-on stimulus effect of this as well. And I think during the Christchurch earthquake, who was the leader through that time? Is that John Key? Yeah. So they were, they benefited a little bit from that stimulus of the economy through a global financial crisis. <laughs> or through the, sorry, the spend, the rebuild yeah. on the earthquake. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, for all the, oh, we're great at managing the economy and stuff, you're you're kind of given a bit of a yeah um, oh, a, a lollipop to be able to hit out of the I park. I think, if I remember correctly, the government did capitalise on that too by offering tradesmen like $5,000 to move down there and apprenticeship startups and stuff like that. Oh, well. Like that was a... I think that I'm pretty sure I I don't remember like perfectly, but I'm pretty sure they capitalized on yeah. that on purpose. Because um, you know, like w- one of the hardest things about getting going in a, in a business or anything is getting the work. Yeah, you know, like actually getting your first client. And if you all of a sudden have a 10x spike in demand, then it obviously makes it a bit easier. Yeah. So yeah, it's there's opportunity because of it. So it could potentially be inflationary as well. It could be, yep. Depending on how big it is. So I reckon it'll end up being a over a billion dollar cost. Sounds like it. To fix the, all of this from up. From the first estimates. And they always, you know, it, it was always estimated that the train was going to cost a billion and it's up to 10 or some shit, you know. So, <laughs> But yeah, it, it's, I mean, initial slowdown in spending now, like there's probably thousands and thousands of people stuck with no accommodation and, you know, struggling and they've got bills to pay and shit like that and they've got a whole lot more to manage now. Um, but, yeah, there's going to be a giant influx of cash <laughs> over the next sort of 12 to 18 months to fix it all. So, yeah. of course, that would accelerate spending. Now, changing tact a little bit, mate, you saw something that was an interesting observation and I was impacted by this because... We recorded the pod. The reason we recorded the last pod on Friday was because I was out of here Saturday morning, mm-hmm. going down to Wellington for the day, coming back Sunday. I got home and they closed the airport. And No, had they closed? No, they hadn't closed the airport at that stage, but I thought I wouldn't be surprised if I wake up in the morning and my flight's been cancelled. Yeah. So I had an alarm set for 6.30 and I thought hopefully I wake up in the middle of the night and I'll check my phone. When that happens, I'll turn off my alarm if the flight's been cancelled and I'm going to have a nice little nice. sleep in. <laughs> But I didn't, and I woke up at 6.30, I turned my alarm off, and before I've even like turned it off, I can see an Air New Zealand notification, yeah. it's like, your flight is cancelled. Yeah. And so that was that was my Saturday morning, I was basically up, up from that point, and Taz said to me, oh, should we go for a walk and see if we can help anyone? And I said again, look at these hands, like, I don't know how helpful <laughs> uh, But we did go and sort of survey a little bit of the damage and whatnot. But um, I couldn't fly, so I couldn't go, but all of the people that were that I was going to be meeting with, they could go. And yeah, they they had a great day. But you saw something which you thought, oh, this is interesting. And a lot of Kiwis will hate this, but a lot yeah. of Kiwis will also be like, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So it depends. The, the I, it just struck me when I saw it. Of I wonder how people would react to this because I just 
and in my head I was like, oh, that's mint. But a lot of people wouldn't react like that, you know. And I, it's basically a um a private jet charter service that I follow, um online, and they were like, park your car at the terminal. We'll take you anywhere you need to go, you know. Basically marketing the the benefit of this out of the the bad scenario and and you know people would be like well I know how Kiwis would be like oh you're taking advantage of a horrible scenario and things like that and but I just think it's like rules well, don't apply for the rich people yeah all that kind of stuff but, but how come they could fly because I thought that the airport was actually shut or something they got their own airport mate oh really you just turn up in the car park your car in the hangar jump on the plane and bounce wow yeah so their one didn't flood obviously which is a bonus yeah <laughs> not like the Auckland International Airport um, but I just thought like yeah some people would hate that and like others would just think shit that's awesome I can still get to look can still get to Wellington I'll just pay the extra money yeah um, and I just thought that was smart marketing you know See, in a way I must still be poor because I didn't think that I could. Even, there was another solution. Someone <laughs> said, "Would you drive?" I was like, "Fuck, I'm not driving." A, the Tesla won't make it. <laughs> B, that's a long way to drive there and back. Well, the thing is, is they've got an electric car charger at the hangar, so you could charge your Tesla while you caught the private jet to Wellington, and then fly back and get in your car and bounce. You know way too much about this private jet place. <laughs> Have you been there? No, but it's one of it's one of a bit like renting the Lambo. It's one of to. the things I'm gonna try. Yeah, yeah. So. Nice. It'll be stupid. It'll cost me like ten grand to get to Queenstown or something, and I'm going to be dumb one day and do that and fly down for dinner and fly home just to try it out and see if I like it. I'd imagine you'll fly down for a business meeting to make it tax deductible. <laughs> is what you're actually telling me, Mike? That's Mikey. right. That's yeah, right. You'd be going for a business, very important business meeting that you couldn't have got to flying uh, in New Zealand or exactly. Jetstar. Okay, yeah, that's interesting. But it's a. You're right. I'd imagine some Kiwis would look at that and be like. Eh, eh, eh. Yeah, you know. rich wankers. Like, yeah, you know, they can buy their way out of disasters and shit like that. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's that's cool in a way. Like, I think that's a great way to be like, you know, the people that the fact is the people that would use that service would already know that it would be fine. So yeah, marketing it is kind of like a bit of a play, right? Yeah, but there would have been people that were desperate to to get somewhere, and they yeah, they would have, would have picked known. up probably. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah, there would have been people that you know, were trying to get out and do stuff that would have been important and they would have been quite okay to pay the price. Like if someone had said to me, hey, we're flying to Wellington at this time mm. um, and it's going to be X, Y, Z, like I would have had a ceiling in my head of what would have been acceptable to pay. Yeah. I would have definitely been like, oh, okay. I would have looked at that as a solution. Yeah. But, but I didn't even, I was just like, okay, it is what it is. Uh, tough luck for me. Yeah. Sort of thing. But yeah, it's interesting. Business owners... Like usually why they get into business is because they're searching for a form of freedom. Mm-hmm. So they either don't want to answer to their boss. Yep. They want to be able to work wherever they want. for Do it whenever they like. Yeah, all of those types of things. Very, yep. very big driver. And when I've studied sort of ultra wealthy people in USA and stuff, mm. the ones that will openly explain to you why they have a private jet and things like that. Yeah, that's quite interesting. Yeah, usually it ties back to freedom. Yeah. So they're like, I don't want to be told when I'll yeah, be flying. Yeah, what time I can fly. And and, and their, their money can now buy that for them. Yeah, and it becomes super valuable to those people because, you know, you can decide to fly somewhere for a meeting, you know, an hour before you go. It's yeah. not like it's not like me where I know I want to go to the Formula One in Singapore in September and I've got to start planning and booking accommodation and flights now, you know. Like that doesn't exist in their lives. They just like boom, pull the trigger, I'm out. Well, a good example of this, mate, I was just trying to find an article. 
but I'm pretty sure, so Elton John was supposed to play Friday, Saturday, yep. I had some friends come up for it, and I said to them, so they, they got cancelled yesterday, they couldn't go, we went to the breakers instead, so then again, a different economic flow-on impact, yep. because they couldn't go to... It's probably better that it actually goes into the breakers' pocket rather than Elton too. <laughs> yeah, well, they said, look, we, we were going to spend this money anyway, so we're yeah. going to get a refund, so we might as well go and do something, yep. so... You know, then it was um, one of the local bars benefited in the mm-hmm. viaduct and some of the, the ladies went shopping and whatnot. So they still had, they found a way to... Blow that cash. Yeah, yeah. they didn't just go, well, let's just get <clears throat> on a plane and go home because they, they couldn't at one stage as well. But I said to them, I wonder where Elton is staying. And I originally said Elon. And I was like, what's his name? <laughs> I'm like, oh. He's out of here, boy. Yeah. <laughs> and what? Where did he? How, how did he get out of here? He's got his own one. Bingo. <laughs> yeah. Didn't Elton matter what was shut down. Out of here on his private jet. I yeah. think was the um, was the story. So, you know, as Kiwis, we can like hate on other Kiwis, but yeah. I don't think people would be hating on Elton John. They're like, oh, it makes sense. The guy's like old, fucking mega famous, mega minted, <laughs> yeah. you know, and he and he doesn't care what you think of him either. No. He's not he gonna be like, doesn't. oh yeah. You know what? I might sit around till Tuesday before flying out. Yeah, I think he might have gone to Hawaii. I yeah. can't remember. Like I saw, it was like someone said to me, "Well, when I asked the lads, what do you think Elton's now doing?" This chopper was going past, and like it's probably him going to Waiheke. Yeah, and they're like, "Yeah," they're like, "Fuck you!" Yeah, I'd go to Waiheke if I were him too on a chopper. Yeah, and yeah, they're not like snarky people being like, "Oh, yeah, of course he is." Like it's just get. They're like, yeah, yeah. "Man, that'd be pretty cool." Yeah, but I've, I've looked at the the cost of a chopper to go to Waiheke, and oh god, it's expensive. Even. Mm. Apparently, I got told, I don't know if it's true or not, but that the Auckland to Waiheke ferry is the dearest form of public transport transport per kilometre in the world. Really? Yeah. Whoa. So I don't know if that's true or a fact, but I mean, I then told these people the story of how when I was first house-sitting, we, me and a mate, we house-sit in Waiheke for a month. And mm. we were, this is like the start of my journey, I quit my job, and we were fucking broke. Mm. And we could afford one concession card for the month, 10, <laughs> 10 trips, 10. So, so we, we had five trips each. And getting over there yeah. was the, there's two, two gone. So now we're down to eight. Oh, shit. So we had to ration, like, how many times can we go back? <laughs> um, so good. But that's all, it's, it's a good example of, so from there then, we're going, okay, well, we can probably go back and forth like once each or something. Okay, there's one important meeting, cool. And then one time Ben came back and he was like, Bro, they didn't even ask me to scan my thing. So we've got a bonus. Oi. And we're like, for the yeah. Lads. <laughs> yeah. But then you get further into your life where you start making a bit of coin and stuff and you're like, fuck, you don't act like that anymore. Nah. You have to outgrow that because then you realize, fuck, we actually tipped the scales in the favor of yeah. the world where it's like, ha, huh, you owe me. <laughs> yeah. So you think you're gaming the system and getting ahead, but you're actually... Holding in, yourself back. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're allowing karma to come <laughs> back at you at some stage and be like... So sometimes, you know, I'll deliberately overpay for things and they'll be like, oh, you don't need to pay that. And I'm like, no, no, it's okay. Because yeah. I'm like, fuck, I'm actually, I'm tidying up a past sin here. <laughs> um, and so that's, that's that concept that I sometimes talk about as well. But uh, the other thing, mate, that you spotted or that you know that most people don't know. Climate is that, change scientist. Yeah, you're a climate change scientist, yeah. scientist and you are a big reader and learner, and you read things like the NIWA website, which people would probably never go to in their life, which I think is our NIWA, NASA, there's yeah. a few news articles. Um, the then first, NASA too. Yeah, the first information about this started coming out probably, 
six months or so ago. Um, because like because the floods were obviously very effective, I broke my curse a bit and started looking at news. Same. Yeah. Because I actually just wanted to see the video footage. I'm, yeah, what I was get, going on? I get quite stimulated by video. That's like sort of how I consume shit. Should have got a TikTok, mate. It was all fully <laughs> reported on there. Yeah, well, uh, so I had a look around and, man, there was some carnage. I wanted to kind of see, like I love videos and floods of like kids playing in a park swimming for some reason. I just think that's cool. They're like, it's like the ultimate making, you know. Find out of a bad situation. Yeah, exactly. You know, turning lemons into lemonades. And there was a bit of that. Yeah. Um. So that was quite good, but then looking through it, like the article started about climate change and Mother Nature's telling us off, and then the comments, and I was like, "Oh shit, this is like, three waters." Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. There was all sorts of shit, man. And I was just <laughs> like, "I wonder if these people, like, because people jump on a narrative Hi. without doing any research." So I just went and looked into it. <coughs> Excuse me. Funnily enough, about eight months ago, or whatever. I read some articles about the Tongan volcanic eruption and there was various different ones and they said that when it happened, it blew 55 million tonnes of water vapour into the air and the atmosphere above the southern Pacific is now carrying about 20% more moisture and we're going to have a risk of high flooding at some point. So when I read that, I was like, my brain went to, hmm, I might just check the insurance on my rental properties um, because they're down by Lake Taupo and if that thing fills up, man, like the whole area can be in trouble, you know? Yeah. So I did that and I increased the the policies on my rental properties um, just because, like, why not? And if it doesn't happen, then that's great. D- D- uh, you were minimising your downside risk, right? Basically, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it costs like an extra $100 a year to do so. And that when I was reading these articles, I was like, it reminded me of this. So I went back and looked. And basically, like, this was almost a guarantee at some point, according to, like, weather scientists. Um, like, I've, I've got an article up here that says, how a Tongan volcanic eruption almost guarantees a flooded summer for Australia's east coast. That's the headline. Um, and basically, you know, there's stuff in here that from NASA and from, you know, other weather services explaining why this, you know, I guess you can never say that it was expected to have the highest rainfall in one day in Auckland, um, but there was there was very well-known fact that this was going to happen at some point somewhere in the South Pacific, and it just happened to happen the other day in Auckland. Yeah. So, yeah, I just mentioned that to a few people online because I like scrapping with people sometimes. Just for a laugh. And um, they blocked me, man. <laughs> yeah. I was like, hey, because there was obviously lots of people like, oh, we should start obeying Mother Nature. And I was like, fuck, I put my rubbish in the bin. Um, <laughs> and I just said like, oh, maybe this one isn't climate change. Maybe this is from the 55 million tonnes of water that the Tongan volcanic eruption blew into the sky. And it's been waiting for the whole La Nina effect and stuff to you know, release it. And it was technically it was expected to be released between January and March of 2023 and now it's happened and block <laughs> yeah because so, so okay I'd say most people don't even know A what the fuck you're on about in terms of what do you mean like a volcanic eruption in, in Tonga, Tonga. Yeah. when was this and it's about a year ago and I'd imagine some of these people are probably the same like they'd be they wouldn't even know 
they probably think you're a um, weirdo. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. But I yeah. just looked at it because I, I'll just be like, okay, it's it's also weird that we had the highest level of rainfall in the space of like two hours in history. Yeah. So is there a reason for this? And it just reminded me of my insurance policy and all that kind of things, the, the steps that I took. And um, I don't know, maybe because I looked into it and increased my insurance policy, I'm the idiot. But, <laughs> but I don't think so. No. So, <clears throat> yeah. yeah, I don't know. Eh? I, I just don't know why people... You'd be, like if, you, if there was an article about you, like say it ended up in Topor mm. and your rental got fucked. Yeah. And you had an article saying, well... I'm glad that I increased my insurance at this date because of this and this is why I did this. Yeah. They'd be like, wow. Like, they'd either not run that story because it doesn't fit the narrative of what. I don't think it does fit the narrative. Yeah. Or yeah. they'd be like, you're a Nos- Nostradamus, I think they call the people. <laughs> <laughs> but then you'd have all the haters be like, ah, fucking, you know, lucky for him. Some, there'd be some reason why you'd know more than other people. Yeah, but like, it's, it comes back to like uh, calculating the downside risk. Like, my downside risk was that nothing would ever happen and it would cost me another $100 a year. Yeah. So, like, am I prepared to just do that and be wrong? Yeah. And but then I happened out to be right. So, for me, when we hit the post pandemic and I could see inflation was coming, I was like, fuck, there's one thing I want in my KiwiSaver yeah. portfolio, and that is gold. Yeah. Because. Hey, so that's starting, finally starting <laughs> to pay, eh? Well, all good and well when you didn't buy it at the top, yeah. as I like to do. So they yeah. call me the top man. <laughs> my God. <laughs> so I stack a portion of my KiwiSaver yeah. into gold. And Craig's are like, hey, mate, like we don't really recommend, you know, taking such a <laughs> defensive. I was like, I'm going to trust my own judgment on this one. They're like, okay, dickhead. Uh, and then the ass falls out of gold. And I'm like, how did I get this wrong? But I'm trying to do the same thing. I'm trying to de-risk. But I, I never sold it because I'm like, in my head, we're going to have inflation. This has to happen. Like, how have I got this wrong? Like, yeah. I'm sure I've made the right decision. But the timing was just off. Yeah, but being, now, being early is wrong, but, unfortunately. And now, you know, we're in the building with the gold mint. And I said to, my mate came the other day for lunch. And he said to me, bro, like, what the fuck? Why are there so many people going to that gold mint? I said, mm. well, there's a stack of them that will be thinking that the world's about to end, that they want to, they need to have some physical gold, so they're going in and, and buying it. And I then saw that day a guy from the gold mint, and I said, are you, are you busy, man? And he just kind of laughed at me. He was like, yep. Yeah. And, and he, he said to me before, it's like, when the world gets weird, like the weird people come in here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, everyone's doing it for their different reasons. But that's it's a good example, mate, of you getting a piece of data and thinking, fuck, I'm just going to, see what I should do about that and actually taking action, which is what all of the stuff from Keep the Change is usually about. Mm. Uh, but just on this article, so I'm on the NASA website, climate.nasa.gov, mm-hmm. and this article is from August the 2nd, and it says... August 2nd, 2022. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so it says, in brief, the huge amount of water vapour hurled into the atmosphere as detected by NASA's microwave limb sounder... <laughs> Fuck, man, I know nothing. <laughs> this is a good example of like you can know something, but you can't know everything. Yeah. So did you know NASA has a microwave limb sounder could end up temporarily warming Earth's surface? So this one event uh, on its own. And it says that, then it gets into the article, on the 15th of January, it blew up. It sent a tsunami racing around the world. So this is January 2022, people, not 2023. So a whole year ago. 
uh, sent a tsunami racing around the world and set off a sonic boom that circled the globe twice. The underwater eruption in the South Pacific Ocean also blasted an enormous plume of water vapour into Earth's stratosphere, enough to fill more than 58,000 Olympic-sized swimming pools. The sheer amount of water vapour could be enough to temporarily affect Earth's global average temperature. We've never seen anything like it. So, yeah. And then it goes on to say, a lasting impression, the volcanic eruptions really inject much water into the stratosphere in the 18 years that NASA has been taking measurements. Only two other eruptions, the 2008 event in Alaska and 15 in Chile, sent appropriate amounts, uh, appreciable amounts of water vapour to such high altitudes, but those were mere blips compared to this event. So it's a very good point, you know, like this is a, again, so, like a once-in-a-lifetime event that could have then had a flow-on effect later on. Yeah, but I was like, I like semi-knew of this, like I'm not... Oh, I'm no climate scientist, You're contrary to what people are thinking right now. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely thinking you're weird, mate. Yeah. <laughs> you are but Jim I, Hickey. But because I had kind of heard of this and brushed over it, as soon as the thing's like, oh, this is Mother Nature telling us to drive Teslas like Luke and yeah. you know, all of these comments and this narrative about climate change started, I was like, hang on, I'm pretty sure I saw something like that this was almost expected. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I get blocked, so... <laughs> yeah, you're you're a weirdo, mate. Um, but also, so there's all this three water stuff in New Zealand, which I don't really understand that well. And I've seen some people being like, "See, isn't this more reason for the three waters?" Which maybe it is or it isn't because I I don't I just don't understand it. But what I did understand is that I live in Auckland Central, and I could look down and I could see pools of water. I knew the gym was shut because it got flooded. Mm-hmm. There were videos of people having to leave their cars in the surrounding blocks of where I live in, mm. and I could still turn my tap on the next day, have beautiful crystal clear water and drink from it. Mm. And I'm thinking that is a gratitude moment for me. How mm. good's that? That we've just had this once in a lifetime, hopefully, uh, event, water event, and we can still drink the water where I was. I know that that wasn't the case for everybody, but um, mostly though, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we seem to have held up reasonably and, and and then how quickly it all drains away yeah and I think said to me where does it all go I'm like fuck good question yeah <laughs> like, I don't know like out to the sea I think yeah it does yeah. yeah um yeah it's I mean to have that much water happen in that short amount of time you know I don't I remember when I was in Singapore man and I was looking at their drains and I was like fuck these are engineered mean eh like yeah they look like the drainage over there looks like it's so over engineered but like they have these monsoon rains like we had yesterday, like a couple times a week. Yeah. So it's like designed on purpose for it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like our stuff doesn't have that. And then when it does happen occasionally, um, then it can't handle it. But, you know, it does work because if you drive around route now, like literally a day or two later, there's not that much flooding. So it's, most of it seems to have subsided. And if you, if you believe like what, NASA and stuff say about this it's that's probably it you know it's still raining now when we look outside it's drizzling but it's not um you know it's not boat weather it's not you don't you need a boat to drive down Anzac Ave no <laughs> no so yeah interesting I mean another volcano obviously might change things but until then like that's probably it for this part of the world for a while by the sounds of it could you be change your insurance again now yeah Dial drop, it back. drop it back down now yeah <laughs> Well, there you go. There's some interesting insights from this flood here in the O9 and now down there in Tauranga as well. Mm, yeah, well, it seems to be reasonably widespread. I think 
out of everywhere, it does look like uh, Henderson seem, or like that West Auckland patch seems to be the worst, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, there were some legend farmers I saw that came over from Henderson Valley with their tractors and were picking people up off the side of the road with their, you know, with their scoops. tractors and stuff and Shit. scoops. Yeah, that's cool. That was pretty cool. Yeah, so that, that's what I do like, and I've said this a few times on Keep the Change podcast. Like, we can be very divided as a nation. It feels like we're going that way, but mm. it takes these types of events for people to realize that humans are fucking awesome and that they'll try and help each other. Yeah, yeah. And they'll come together and they're like, "Oh, who'd you vote for?" Like, "Oh, I yeah. saw you tweeting about it. like fuck off, mate." Like, let me save that child. Like, yeah. let's do it. Yeah, you know, jump in my tractor. I hope you stay alive. Yeah, yeah. And then you're not then like, oh, you farm, you're an asshole. Who'd you vote for? Nah, sorry, you can't jump in my tractor. Yeah, <laughs> like, that yeah. doesn't happen. No, no. It's like okay, we're all we're all like rolling in the same direction. Mm. We yeah, we'll look after each other. And uh, yeah, we need more of that. Mm. Rightio, mate. We won't uh, get into those floods too much, but it's going to be interesting to watch the economic flow-on impact of this flood. And I think it'll be a lot bigger than mm. what people realise, and that's going to help some people, and some people will be able to capitalise from it, mm-hmm. so to speak, and other people will, um, you know, may face, there could be an inflationary impact of it as well, but we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on that as well.